Welcome to the Let's Get Sensory podcast. My name is Kelsey and I'm an occupational therapist, sensory specialist, and ADHD. -er. If you're looking to up-level you and your kids' lives by learning how to live a sensory lifestyle to help with attention, anxiety, hyperactivity, and impulsivity, then you've come to the right place. So here we go. Let's get sensory. Welcome back to the Let's Get Sensory podcast. So if you're new here, welcome. I am so happy to have you. I am actually going to be shaking things up here. I brainstormed some different podcast topics. Just feeling like I kind of want to change it up and talk about some things that aren't necessarily sensory related. So some of my ideas, maybe some episodes on unmasking healing and finding your voice, transitioning, so like transitioning for kids, just dealing with daily transitions and also big life transitions, helping kids build unshakable confidence, something that we are going to get in today that I already talk a lot about, but just more of that, um, overcoming fears, maybe some human design and Enneagrams. So we have some fun podcast episodes ahead that will be mixed in with all the sensory podcasts to the sensory episodes. So don't worry about those. They're definitely not going anywhere. But I do have a few exciting announcements. So my first announcement is that I am doing a free live masterclass, the Sensory Love Masterclass on September 28th, where I'll be talking about creating a sensory lifestyle and what that means and what that looks like. So come join me, come hang out with me live. My favorite part about live sessions is just getting to meet everyone and bring the sensory community all together. Like the energy in the sensory community is always amazing. So the Sensory Love Masterclass is this Wednesday at 3 p.m. And in other big news, so I have two signature sensory programs, one for adult, and then also I have another program for kids and parents. So Sensory Life Academy is my four-week program for parents and is open for enrollment right now for the last time of the year, which it starts officially on October 5th. So I'll share more about that in a little. But today, I just kind of wanted to have a more candid talk about SPD, ADHD, and anxiety in kids. And if you're an adult, I still recommend listening because I think it is always so eye-opening to really just like look back at the little things that you used to do as a child and just better understand your past and also which helps to better understand yourself today. Because for me, I know when I was first learning about sensory integration and occupational therapy, it was just like one light bulb moment after another light bulb moment after another after another. And I was just like all the time like, oh, that's why I did that. Like, oh, yep, that makes sense now, which I especially just seeing in the comments, I love seeing those little light bulb moments. Um, so I feel like it's just so special being able to gain that deeper understanding of yourself and a deeper understanding of your kids too. Like the amount of realizations that I've had through becoming a sensory therapist, like I think it has to be in like the millions, like it just completely changed how I view everything. It allowed me to have so much more grace and patience for myself, for everyone around me, just seeing everything also just that I went through as a child and not having 
any special help, which is why I'm such a huge advocate for just spreading awareness about sensory therapy, making it more accessible for everyone, and also a huge advocate for wanting um, to help kids get pediatric occupational therapy, sensory therapy services, something that I wish I could have had access to so badly growing up. Also, huge advocate for helping others find those appropriate accommodations, whether in school, in their workplace, at home, just to help them create an environment that fits their needs instead of trying to like go based off of society standards, just creating a lifestyle, a routine environment that fits them and their needs. For everyone, sensory kids, sensory ADHD adults, for non-ADHDers, just for everyone, making a few accommodations can really make the world of a difference. So I'm going to get back on topic now. So ADHD, SPD, and anxiety, three things that are extremely interrelated. So I want to start off with some research. So research says that 50% of adult ADHDers also have anxiety, which I personally think that number is very underestimated and it's actually um, way higher than that. Research says that in kids also that this is more so around 30% of ADHD kids also have anxiety and having worked with so many kids and also having previously um, been diagnosed with anxiety in my past, I want to share just a few things that I've seen personally and what I think is super important for everyone to know. And like I said earlier, how when I was first learning about sensory processing disorder and sensory therapy, I was constantly applying it to myself as a child and applying it to my ADHD and just seeing all these different things that I never noticed before. And one of those things being that I actually had anxiety for pretty much my entire life. How, However, when I was a child, it was a lot more subtle. That's why I think it's very underestimated in kids because it, anxiety is, can be a lot more subtle and less obvious in children. So for me, when I was a child, it was very subtle. It wasn't as obvious as during like my middle school years, teenage years, adult years. Um, and those same subtle signs of anxiety I also see in majority of kids that I work with. So I want to talk about those less talked about signs of anxiety. And also, these are still subtle signs of anxiety in adults too. So the first one was perfectionism. So this was a quality that I see so often in sensory kids and in myself that just started at a very, very, very young age. Something that a lot of times can be viewed as a positive trait in society. And I see this happen so frequently in school, like kids' perfectionism and a lot of my sensory kids' perfectionism getting praise and not in a harmful way. Like I too remember being just constantly praised and loving that praise too as a child and, and through adulthood really. But the downside too is I remember those moments where I messed up, which happen all the time because we are humans and when I wasn't perfect. And so clearly I remember the unhealthy degree that those moments like greatly impacted my self-esteem. I remember just the feeling that I had even inside as a, at a very young age and where I would get so upset and just have a lot harder time moving on and coping with that. Like compared to other kids who made a simple mistake, like I can see the impact is a lot deeper. And for, for me and for a lot of kids, it's a lot more internal 
internalized. It's harder to see. So even though it seems subtle looking back now, like I wish I would have known what my perfectionism would turn into, like as into in a teenage years, into um, when I was a young adult, which is why when I'm working with kids, whenever I notice even the tiniest little sign of perfectionism quality in them, like maybe they make a mistake when we're working together and I can see them just shut down or maybe get really upset or start erasing, erasing, trying to like perfect it. And I purposefully make an effort to just like one, I'll praise their effort. I try not to put a lot of effort or attention into the end product. And so I'm just like, oh my gosh, you did so amazing. Trying, I stopped putting attention into the end product of whatever therapy activities we're doing. I try to shift their focus and just see that it's just about having fun. It's just about the journey, the process, and that it's not... And even though it may feel like a big problem in that moment, I try to help them see that it's it's no big deal. And just to shake it off, I remind them that I make mistakes all the time. And sometimes I'll remind them by being like, okay, is this a little problem or a big problem? And so just to help kind of rewire change how they view little mistakes too and i do this with myself when i feel my anxiety starting to creep in like okay is this a little problem or big problem and i just try to shift their focus and see that is only having fun the journey enjoying the process that matters it's only the effort that matters it's not the end product and i'm very careful about the type of attention i give on their final product And as an adult, my perfectionism is something that I've worked for for a very long time. Little things like just celebrating my mistakes. So when I make a mistake, which sounds silly, and like for kids when we make a mistake, we will all have them get up and do a little dance, we'll cheer. I'll remind them that, you know, we all make mistakes constantly. We're all constantly making mistakes. It happens and we just got to dance it off. Um, But it just creates this amazing mental shift to help. And this is something that I do personally in my life, too. It's just to get up and dance. I'll do a little woo for myself when I make a little mistake just to help me get that mental shift to help me have just a faster turnaround when I feel the negative talk creeping in and getting louder and louder. Just turn on a happy song, dance it out, do a little cheer, yell out if I'm by myself or I'm with my kids in a session. And so these are like two strategies that I actually I first use with kids. And then when I realized like how good it feels and how well it really works, I was like, why don't I do this more often? Why doesn't everybody do this? So similar to perfectionism, another more subtle sign of anxiety is people pleasing. So what I really want to do is expand your view of anxiety. So expand your view of ADHD, expand your view of what it means to have a dysregulated nervous system. And so people pleasing is one of those very subtle, not obvious at all, harder to pinpoint trigger responses. So remember, we people please as a trigger response to help decrease our anxiety, to help our nervous system feel safe is why we people please, because our anxiety tells us to. We people please because of that excessive worrying inside of us, which if you think about sensory processing disorder and just having all these different sensory sensitivities, we have lots and lots of different worries in all different forms, one of them being people pleasing. 
and we already feel so unsettled in our bodies all the time. And I don't know if others can see this or if it's just me. Like I see this super, super clearly just being an ADHD or an SPD or um, myself and also therapist. But I'm sure parents, you can see this and read your child specifically better than anyone and notice all of those little tiny subtle changes. And not only can you see, but you can feel when they're feeling more unsettled, they're worrying more. Even when they're smiling and playing, you can still sense that little worry in the back of their mind and that sense that unsettledness, that slight anxiety in their nervous system. That feeling of unsettledness and anxiety is what drives kids and adults, all of us to desperately people please. All kids want is that positive feedback. We all crave just feeling understood and acceptance like there's really no better feeling that is just one of those feelings that just like puts you in that bliss state that high that high highs but there comes a point to where perfectionism is actually doing more harm than good on our nervous systems because remember it is a trigger response so just like you wouldn't want to be in that fight mode of fight or flight all the time the same goes for fawn mode because fawn mode is all about the people pleasing so knowing this fact alone is also a lot more powerful and therapeutic than we realize like whenever i catch myself people pleasing hard and doing way too much i remind myself this is a trigger response and this is not good for my body this is not good for my health not good for my nervous system i also regularly check in with my boundaries and write it down to help organize out my thoughts get clear on like what I specifically want boundaries surrounding and this is something that I do with my kids too like setting boundaries is such a powerful message to our nervous systems that says I deserve respect I am worthy of respect of others respecting my needs listening to my needs and for kids I ask Ask them questions. I let them make choices all the time. I might ask them something like setting boundaries in a classroom and just helping kids feel more secure in a classroom. Like I might ask a child, like, would you rather be in the front of the classroom? Do you think you'll feel more comfortable, you know, up here or maybe in the back or maybe in a corner off to the side where you just have more personal space? I am very purposeful with kids about listening to what they have to say and what they want, especially for my people pleasers. I want to make sure that when they come to me, they know that they are free to make mistakes. They're free to be themselves. They're free to voice their opinions. I want to hear their opinions and I want to hear their wants and I want to pay attention when I see those signs of perfectionism and people pleasing coming up like avoiding conflicts, redoing work until it's perfect. That's when I see a lot with kids procrastinating because they're afraid to mess up or not to be the best, maybe being overly competitive because they have to be the best, that people-pleasing because they want that praise or maybe the perfectionism. So needing that verbal confirmation for every little thing, which was definitely me as a child and into just always me. That was a big one for me when it came to my people pleasing and just also seeing kids if they're ignoring their needs. I can tell they're uncomfortable, but they're afraid to speak up. And so just listening to them. 
So inside of my program, Sensory Life Academy, which is for kids. Um, so my other program, Sensory Therapy Retreat, is for adults. And inside both programs, we go in depth on how to work through all the different parts of anxiety, not just the panic attacks and the sensory overload, but also the more subtle signs of anxiety, like the people pleasing, the perfectionism, and guiding through the beautiful, therapeutic, and deeply healing process of unmasking. Because if you think about working through the people pleasing, working through the perfectionism, all of that has to do with unmasking and in rediscovering who we really are and coming back to our true selves, uh, who we are at our core, which is so important, just as important as all the sensory strengthening, the nervous system strengthening, all that other good stuff that we do inside the program to help with like attention, hyperactivity, impulsivity, working through different sensory triggers like dressing, picky eating, all those different things. So if you are a parent of a child with ADHD or an autistic child or SPD or a child with signs of ADHD and anxiety, I first recommend seeking out a pediatric occupational therapist near you if you are able to and if you have access to it, um, requesting a sensory evaluation and to make sure to special or to specify that you want to do a full comprehensive sensory processing disorder evaluation and i would also highly recommend my signature program sensory life academy which i started last year in 2021 we're now on our fifth round and this is actually going to be the last round of the year so sensory life academy is such a special experience as an ot i wanted to do more for my kids and my parents i wanted to have that create a comprehensive step-by-step guide to helping parents know how to support their child's sensory needs at home. This is the guide that I wish I had as a child and that my mom wishes she had when I was a child for working through all of my sensory behaviors and just learning how to better understand me. I wanted to create a step-by-step guide to know exactly what your child needs to help them be more regulated, more calm, more focused, less hyper, having better sleep, all the good things that come from learning how to nourish our nervous system and our senses. And I also wanted to create an experience that was fun, practical, and actionable. So like do X, Y, and Z, have everything listed out for you, all the steps, being able to understand your child's sensory needs and nervous system needs really allows you to see your child from a whole new sensory perspective, and then also just the world, everything. I also bet that you will leave the experience seeing your own nervous system and sensory needs completely differently. So you will also, not only will your child leave the four weeks more regulated, but you as well. So if you're looking for guidance and support on how to help your child's attention, impulsivity, hyperactivity, difficulty sleeping, any sensory triggers like picky eating, brushing their teeth, dressing, going to the dentist, any and all sensory triggers, then Sensory Life Academy is perfect for you. It is a four-week live course where we'll be able to meet live and get to chat and work together. We'll come together as a community, which is just so, so special being surrounded by others going through the same 
I love the sensory community so much. We also have amazing guests like Britton, autism dietitian, Lindsay, child therapist, and many and others. So Sensory Life Academy is open until October 5th. So it's open now. So save your spot today and join me for the last round of the year. If you have any questions, DM me on Instagram so we can chat and we can see if Sensory Life Academy is a perfect fit for your child. So thank you so much for joining me today. It means so much to me. I just love this community so much. I feel so grateful to be a part of it with you all. And it would also mean the world to me if you enjoyed today's podcast to rate and review. And if you DM me and send me a screenshot, I'll send you a little thank you gift, my ultimate deep pressure library. So thank you again, and I will see you all next Friday. I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day.